Support for this podcast comes from Magic the Gathering Arena. You know the name. Now play the original strategy card game for free on your Mac or PC. MTG Arena delivers everything you love about Magic and more with an immersive digital experience full of explosive action and rewarding challenges. Collect powerful cards with four new sets every year. Jump into a diverse lineup of game modes like Brawl and Historic or challenge your friends to find out who is the true deck building master. New to Magic? No problem. MTG Arena gives you the tools to become the next Magic Pro. Learn the basics at your own pace and unlock 15 decks just by playing. Download Magic the Gathering Arena for free today. Available on the Epic Game Store. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. Uh, welcome to Preach Camp Preach. This is uh, Pastor Kevin KF here with another summer, another episode. I'm joined by my guest from the last few episodes, uh, Rashad. How's it going today? What's up, bro? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Doing good. And uh, also joined by a newcomer, Chris. Man, how's, how you been? Well, I'm good, man. I'm in the Bahamas, so I can't be too upset. Oh yeah, you got it. You got it going on. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you live. You, you live that Pro Bowl lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. We appreciate y'all having me on the show today. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. So I want to start get right into it, and this uh, I want to collect some collect some offering from y'all and and get offer some advice to uh, Justin Herbert. He decided to stay in school for going uh, uh, skipping the senior of uh, the NFL draft and staying for a senior year. For an NFL draft that's mostly defensive and D-line based, I don't see a better opportunity for him to go pro when he's the number one quarterback on mostly like Mel Kuyper and Tom McShay's uh, top board and Matt Miller from Bleacher Report and other guys like that. Do, do, y'all, do y'all think it's a problem for him to him to go back to school when he's maybe clear-cut number one? No, I think it's pretty smart for him to go back. I mean, the more reps you get as a college QB, the better you can get. Because he's only played his freshman year eight games, sophomore year eight games, and this past year he played the whole season, so 12 games. So, I mean, you can always use another 12 games to get some more reps. Yeah, I, I see it from that perspective. But, you know, I think it's more of a – you got to strike while the iron is hot. Um, there, there's no – I mean, I like the idea of it. I love, you know, when guys go back to school for the program and, you know, for the, for the camaraderie ship that they have with their teammates. Um, but at the same time, I think this kid – as the measurables, at, you know, at 6'6", 230 pounds, I think that he could definitely be um, an NFL quarterback. Um, however, you wait a year, you have to take, you know, you have to take on every everything that comes with, you know, staying in college, you know, possibly getting hurt, which I don't wish on him. But at the same time, those things, you know, you have to accept it when you do decide to come back to school. Yeah, and my, my thing about it is it's already – most people don't think this is a very strong class. Uh, so you got Justin Herbert, Oregon Haskins. He he hasn't he hasn't declared yet, but uh, he's on the board. Daniel Jones from Duke, 
uh, Will Griffin from West Virginia, and um, Drew Locke from Missouri. And it's, it's, not, it's not really a deep class. And I'm thinking it's not like Cleveland Browns are, are at the top of the board this time. Right. It's, it's not like you go into a bad situation. And I, I'm thinking the guys who need quarterbacks, who, who like the uh, Giants, uh, going to play with Saquon Barkley or play with Odell Beckham, that's a dream come true. Or even going to Jacksonville when you have a, a great defense behind you and you have a you know a good running game, you know those those are the type of teams that's that's, early, that's top of the board. And I, mean, I feel like that's, those are two good situations. One, you playing in New York in the big market, or you playing in good great weather in uh, Jacksonville. And I, I want to bring y'all a point. Remember when Matt Barkley did this way back when he was supposed to go, he would be like the top pick in the draft, and he decided to go back to school. The USC had a down year, so of course you got to blame you got to blame the quarterback for for the team being sorry. So then he went on to be like a third or fourth round pick, and now he's just a backup. Mm-hmm. But I mean that that's kind of where he was going to be anyway, because even if he would have came out earlier, he still would have been the backup. I mean, talent kind of I mean, speaks for yeah. itself. I mean, Herbert, I think he'll be good, but I mean, I, I don't think he's going to get hurt or fall off to the point where he won't still be a first round pick. Because next year you'll have who maybe Jake Fromm. I think Herbert is still probably going in front of Fromm and probably Tua. And it kind of depends on who's on the board at that time. Because this year is a defensive draft. So, of course, he's going to be the first offensive player off the board. He'd probably go anywhere from three to six, wherever, like you said, Jacksonville or the Giants would fall. So, next year, he could probably still be in that same range. I don't think the Giants would be any better bringing back Eli. I don't think the Jacks be any better bringing back Bortles or whoever they sign in the offseason, if they sign anybody at all. So I think he'll still be in the same draft spot as he would be this year. So I don't think it can, it can hurt him at all. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it, it's all about uncertainty. You don't, you just don't know what you're going to get with coming back. Like I say, you got to strike while the iron is hot. Um, you do have an opportunity to be that first quarterback taken off the board as to where you got the next year. You know, you, you're going to have, you know, three or four quarterbacks in that mix. And then you you go through that, you know, early draft process. And, you know, let's, you know, he, his completion percentage this year was under, right, but the tick under 60%. So, I mean, that's not gorgeous or anything. Um, who's to say you go into this next year, you have another 58, 59 completion percentage year, and you got Tua coming out. You, you know, you got – you know, all these other kids that – some that may may stay as well, and you're the fourth or fifth quarterback. Uh, I don't think we'll see another draft here where fifth, five quarterbacks are taken in the first round. So, you know, from, from an earnest standpoint, you, you know, you're giving up – you're possibly giving up millions of dollars. And just from a, an opportunity standpoint, you, you're going to possibly play with some of the most dynamic players in, in the NFL in New York or, you know, one of the best defenses. Um, as a quarterback, your best friend is your defense. You know, if you can – your defense can get stops. Your defense can put you in good field positions to to make good plays. Um, you just have oppor- better opportunities as a quarterback, and you got a better mindset going into a game knowing I got this defense behind me. So I, I, I don't think it's a terrible idea for him, but at the same time I think that he would have – a better opportunity right now. And that's just because I can speak for right now. I can't speak for next year. Right. And then, so speaking on like Haskins who haven't declared yet now for him, him hearing that news about J- Justin Herbert staying now he's the number one quarterback. And for him, I think he desperately needs to come out because one, you, you know how the NFL works for these black quarterbacks, you know, they, they, they want them and then all of a sudden they don't worry. Then they, they just get rid of them. two urban Myers leaving. 
and you got a head coaching uh, change. Then the receivers, some of the receivers are graduating and going pro as well. So now you have a new regime, uh, new offense, new coach. And like you said, the uncertainty is about injuries, stuff like that. So I know he needs to go ahead and strike while the iron is hot because now that another top guy's out of the way, now you're the one who's going to be in Jacksonville. You're the one that's, that may, might be with uh, uh, Saquon Barkley and OBJ in New York. So Corbin is out of his way that he has to compete with because I don't really see Will Greer or uh, Drew Locke taking that next step to beat him out. Uh, it's possible, but, you know, with the combined measurement and stuff like that, Haskins is the quarterback that everybody see on TV a lot, so he probably will get, will get that push. That's kind of my point, too, because like, like you were saying, because he had a career year for the Big Ten. Herbert didn't have a career year. He just has the measurables. If he goes back and has a career year, he'll still be top of the board versus like how Tua – so I think Herbert, it, it can't it can't hurt him either way. That's how I see it. For Haskins, I think it's a no brainer. Um, like you say, as a black quarterback, you know they love you, didn't hate you. They love you, didn't hate you. So I think his stock right now, especially with the state of the quarterbacks that are coming out, I think he's a tier above where Will Greer or Drew Locke would be, or even the Daniel Jones. I just think that they're they're in two different leagues at this point um, in terms of you know, the talent and just the ability to lead a team. Um, you look at the offense that they're running at, at Ohio State there, you know, they have elements of pro-style offenses there. And, and as a black quarterback, he's not your typical black scrambling quarterback. He's actually picking you apart from the pocket. So uh, I think his game is ready for the next level. I think the opportunity to, you know, get drafted high, and he, if he gets playmakers around him, you see with the playmakers at Ohio State, you can see that he could, he could definitely be – and he was a – you know, Heisman finalist, so you can see that he could probably get to the next level. You get the right coaching, he could he could be a pretty good quarterback at the next level. All right, let's let's transition to our rewarded with rewards. Um, the NFL season is about, about over. Uh, one week, one week, and it's crazy, crazy NFL season where you see a lot of upsets, a lot of things going different ways. Uh, so we want to give out some awards. Um, so we got defensive rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, coach of the year. MVP and I would say our non our non quarterback MVP because you know if you're not a quarterback you probably you would you probably not win the award. Let's go offensive rookie of the year. Rashad, who, who do you, who you think should take on the crown? Uh, no brainer, Saquon Barkley. I mean he he's on pace to get almost two thousand yards from scrimmage. I mean it's hard to not give it to him. I mean Baker's had a good year too, but Saquon has been so dynamic. Uh, I'm, of course, it's a no-brainer to go Saquon, but I'm a I'm gonna be the I'm gonna play the opposite role. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say give it to Baker just because you see the the energy. And I've heard people you know say this when they're talking about Lamar Jackson, but um, the energy that that team and that organization took when he you know his even his first his first action as a quarterback, the, the state of the Cleveland Browns, you could see that it was a turning of the guard. So I mean, I think his impact. Saquon had a, had a fantastic year. Not even just as a rookie, as a running back in general, he's made his mark on the league to let you know he's going to be here, you know, for the next, you know, eight to ten years dominating. But I do think that um, Baker Mayfield was—he lets you know that he was worthy of taking him with that first pick. Because I mean, I'll be—I'll even be honest. I was—I like the guy. I just—I don't think he was worth the number one pick. A lot of people who probably had doubt in that, he proved a lot of people wrong. So I think his impact alone. We'll give him some consideration as a rookie of the year on the offensive side. So yeah, that's pretty much the top two candidates for those, for that position. I probably lean more Saquon. Now, yeah, I, I agree with you on that, Chris, about Baker Mayfield and just changing that culture. Now it seems like, like, the, like next year we thinking the Browns are a 
potential wild card, if not, you know, depending on how Steelers go, uh, division winner. Cle- Cleveland came a long way with Baker Mayfield, and but I'm I Saquon is just I think he he masked some of the some of the issues that the Giants had because just just a year ago we were saying you know Eli's washed, which I mean he's not that he didn't turn turn no corner, but he had this is Eli one of his best seasons because he had a guy like Saquon Barkley because um, the Giants they really didn't have a, a, a strong running game behind him in the last couple of years. And now he had that, and it's kind of kind of saved Eli a little bit from from overpassing or doing too much work. Giving giving to Saquon because who had, he had over 100, 100 targets as a uh, as a running back, which is crazy in his own world. Uh, but yeah, two thousand scrimmage yards if he get what I think over two hundred in this game. I mean, I think one hundred and fifty yards against the Cowboys if he can. Then he'll 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 emerge that clips. Uh, but yeah, either one is either one is fine with me. But I, I think I'll go with Saquon. Move on to the defensive rookie of the year. I think it's a big. I think it's a big three, uh, with Derwin James, Bradley Chubb, and Darius Leonard. I don't know if, if these are your, y'all three, but I I think I'm gonna lean more with uh with Derwin James, and that's just because with the injuries on the uh, with the San Diego Chargers having that defense, um, guys like Derwin James and Bosa and Melvin Ingram were the were the components that kept that team together, and as a rookie, he he made the Pro Bowl and his he made a Pro Bowl as his uh, in his first season. You know, with 99 tackles, 3.5 sacks, and three three picks, he's everywhere on the field. And it's crazy that he fell down this draft board. Well, I'm gonna go with Darius, uh, Darius Leonard, man. I mean, you, he's basically leading the league in what tackles. So yeah. you can't not be the defensive rookie of the year, leading the league in tackles. Yeah, I, I'm a side with Darius Leonard. I I love everything that, that Derwin James has brought, you know, to the San Diego Chargers. Um, you know, for him to even slip. San Diego, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna keep them at San Diego, to, you know, until they get their own stadium. That's they, they the San Diego Chargers. So, uh, but I, I do like what he's brought to, to the Chargers. Um, you know, just stepping in from from the first game, he was. You can tell he, you know, he's not gonna let that rookie, you know, tag be held him back. He's gonna let you know that I'm I'm a leader on this defense, and you know I'm a playmaker on this defense. So, I do think he, he he's been great for that defense. I just think. What Darius Leonard did for the Colts, I, I think it's it's under undervalued right now. Um, just seeing how the, you know the Colts are just one of those teams you didn't know you didn't know what you were gonna get from Andrew Luck, and he didn't start off the best. You didn't know what you were gonna get from that defense either. Um, right? You know they they taking some safeties, they taking you know a couple pieces to put on that defense that just hadn't hadn't really worked out. And you got a you know a, a linebacker that comes in. Who some would say he's undersized at at best two hundred and twenty five pounds. He looks more like a small forward, but he's playing, you know, linebacker and leading the league in tackles. I just think that, you know, he's he's brought a different energy to that defense, um, and I think it's allowed you know confidence around that whole team. You see Andrew Luck, he couldn't he couldn't get together the first four weeks of the season, and that defense was holding them in games, keeping them in games, and you know that defense is led by. That that linebacker from uh, South Carolina State, and he did not make the Pro Bowl. That's crazy, man. He should have yeah. made the Pro Bowl. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, that's a tough one. That's that's ridiculous. But the, the other guy I had I had in his big three is um, also Brother Chubb. But I think he's just having a a very uh, low key season because one he's behind Von Miller on his team as far as a pass rusher, and two who watches the Denver Broncos. Uh, right, right. But Bradley Chubb, man, he got twelve sacks this season. Man, that's that's great for a rookie, uh, for a rookie pass rusher oh, in yeah. his league. Uh, let's go on to um, coach of the year. Now, it's a lot of good candidates, and I, I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that we don't choose the same guys. But I'm gonna go with Pete Carroll. 
And the reason I'm going Pete Carroll is, I mean, we all thought, I know I, especially I did, coming into the season, once when Seattle lost Michael Bennett, when they lost uh, Sherman, when Cam Chancellor retired, they lost Cliff Averill, uh, the offense was only Doug Baldwin, who was injured at the time. Chris Carson, he wasn't, he wasn't good in the running game. The offensive line was horrible. And it was just two guys, Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson. I thought, and I thought this this was going to be a rebuilding year, but it turns out to be a ret- uh, retooling year. And and what Pete Carroll has done with his stars and Pete Carroll and Bobby Wagner, they turn they turn that ship around. Cause I, I'm thinking they're going you know five and eleven, uh, maybe six and ten, just because you had that star factor. But Pete Carroll got his team to one of the dangerous teams in the uh, NFL, and very will be very dangerous in the playoffs. I like Matt Nagy, man. I mean. John Fox was five and eleven with this team last year, and now he comes and they're eleven and four right now. I mean, it's hard to deny Matt Nagy of this award. I mean, the Bears have been good offense and defense. Granted, getting Khalil Mack helped, <laughs> right? But, <laughs> but still, man, like those those plays they're dialing up. I mean, they're kind of masking what Mitch does bad, and you have Tariq Cohen who's explosive. You have Jordan Howard. No, so the change up with the running backs. Trey Burton came over from the Eagles. He's been pretty good. They have uh, Taylor Gabriel. He's been making some plays for them. Anthony, uh, the receiver Miller. So I mean, I, I like them. I like the Bears, and I like Matt Nagy for Coach of the Year. Yeah, I, I took uh, I took Kev's approach, and I had a big three. Uh, two of my big three, y'all just mentioned. My the last person I think, and I I think he's deserving of this award just as much as the other two is. Uh, Coach Lynn from from the Chargers. I think that you know, just knowing what that division, the AFC West, you never know what you're gonna get from that division. You didn't, you know, the Chargers were good, but they, were, I mean, the Chiefs were good. They're changing quarterback, so it's, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna get from the Chiefs. The Chargers, every year they're at eight and eight, nine and seventeen. You know, they can never really get out of their own way. So, um, you know, the Raiders, people had hope for the Raiders because John Gruden was coming in and. Thinking he was gonna come in and you know give them a give them a spark, um, it just didn't happen. The Denver Broncos they've been probably the most consistent team in that division for the last let's say seven eight years. Um, I just didn't think that the Chargers had enough or had the the wherewithal to kind of be as dominant as they are. And you can see, you know, yeah, I saw a graphic about him. He's he's a former running back. Former running backs do not become head coaches in the NFL and um, just to see how he has control over that team has communication with Phil Rivers who's been in the league since 04 it's hard to kind of come in as a as a newer coach um, it's not his first year but it's, it's trying to gel with a veteran quarterback who you're probably the same age as um, if not a couple years away just to see what he's done with that team um, and they they were close to wrapping the division up before losing that game this past weekend so I do think he deserves consideration as coach of the year as well. With with, uh, with Anthony Lynn, we're talking about possibly him being a one seed if if it goes this way this weekend, which you know it kind of be hard for the Raiders to to come out and beat Kansas City, but you know it's it's very possible. And on Matt Nagy, my only thing about Matt Nagy is he 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 is offensive and he made the offense uh, so unpredictable because of all his little nicks and crannies that he do and. Offensive linemen scoring touchdowns, the D linemen scoring touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody's right, out. Everybody's <laughs> out for real. I mean, I really, I really think it's that GM that you know probably should win GM of the year. If that you know if that's what we're talking about, a GM award. 
he would get that. And I think uh, the defensive coordinator also is like the best coordinator for you know in in the league. Uh, so I, I mean, not, I'm not taking away nothing from Nagy, but I'm saying him going to get Khalil Mack as a GM and drafting Roquan Smith and keeping Kyle Fuller from leaving those those three those three moves on at least on the defensive side made made this team very very hard to go against uh, at least on one side of the ball. Uh, but yeah, having Matt Nagy hide some of that um, that offensive inefficiencies that he got with Gabriel and and Cohen and Howard and, and of course Trubisky. But we're gonna see if if Matt Nagy can can do something in the playoffs and Anthony Lynn as well. Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll, he been there before, so let's let's see what they're gonna do coming up. Okay, who's who's your who's your top? Oh, three? top three. Uh, my top three was Pete Carroll, Lynn, and I had Nagy up there, but I was kind of thinking of uh, Frank Wright from the Colts because, like like Chris mentioned earlier, I did not think the Colts was gonna be this good. Um, even with Andrew Luck coming back from injury. But he, like I said, he he's more offensive. So and that defense took a step forward. So I think that's more of a a deep coordinator situation as well. Um, so it, it's in between uh, Nagy and uh, Frank Wright. I did have Bill O'Brien listed, but he he was he was almost fired. Right. <laughs> <this season>. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess I'm the contrarian to both of y'all because my top three was Nagy number one, Frank Wright number two, and John Harbaugh okay. number three. Frank Wright, Frank Wright, he took over the Colts and. They're basically one game away from a ten and six season. And oh, they going ten and six. And they going ten and six. And we and we and we all know when Andrew Luck is healthy, he started off slow, like you said. But when he's healthy, the Colts have always been ten and six, eleven and five. So I think Frank Wright coming in first year, not knowing what he was gonna get, because we know McDaniel's backed out the same job. So Frank Wright took a leap of faith, took that job, and he has a team basically on the verge of the yeah. playoffs. And and Harbaugh, the Ravens, they started out pretty good. Hit a skid, and he got them back on track. So they're basically going to either win the division or miss the playoff. But I think they should win the division. They can beat Cleveland in, in a win and you're in situation. But he had to navigate the whole Joe Flacco thing, going over to Lamar Jackson. They've had maybe what six running backs this year: Buck Allen, Alex Collins, <laughs> Gus Edwards, Kenneth, Kenneth Dixon. Their receivers are basic: Willie Sneed, Crabtree, flop the map. So I mean, Harbaugh had a lot to deal with. Yeah, I, I think he should be at least in the top three. I think I think you really saw coaches coach this year. You didn't, you know. Yeah. Everybody's talking about the the development of these offenses, but you seeing coaches, you know, it, the offenses. It was it was in the beginning of the season. You see the the high scoring games, but you starting to see when it's getting down to it, these these coaches are really having to make decisions. You, like in Baltimore, you have to decide: Do I go with Joe Flacco? Who Who's healthy now, or do I continue to go with this energy I got from Lamar Jackson? You know, and it, and you the decision, the decision can go either way. You can say, hey, let's 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 go with um, Joe Flacco, but you know, you he's stuck with what he thought was right went with Lamar Jackson, and you know they they've lost one game since they went to Lamar Jackson. So um, and they should have they should have won that game, and they should have won it. Should have won it. It was a, a fourth and what seventeen hell Mary that just happened to fall in Tyreek Hill's hand that that, that that saved that game for Kansas City, but. I do think across the board there's been some, some great coaching this year. And, you know, any one of these guys that we've mentioned are all deserving of of that. And don't forget, Harbaugh was considered to be on the hot seat. For whatever we, reason. Yeah. yeah you guess is as good as mine. <laughs> uh, let's, let's move on to our MVP. I, I can keep it simple. I'm going Mahomes. Um, and he, he's, he's, a, he's a great reason why. The, the decided factor between him and somebody like Drew Brees. So – 
Mahomes has five more completions than Drew Brees, and he has over nine hundred more yards. Wow! So that can that can sum sum it all up right there for for me and Mahomes. But at forty eight touchdowns, eleven picks, and he like like I said, nine hundred more yards than Drew Brees. I mean, I, I really don't I really don't see. I mean, unless they want to give the Brees the award just because he had never had one. Uh, lifetime, yeah, lifetime. <laughs> he been he been around so long. Maybe they give it to him. But if you're talking about the most valuable. For for this year, I mean, it's just gotta go Mahomes. What he what he done to the team? Because I didn't think the Kansas City Chiefs was gonna bounce like this when they uh, replaced Alex Smith uh, from Mahomes. I didn't know what to expect, especially from Big Twelve quarterback and their you know and that little stereotype. But he proved everybody wrong and showed that he's a top five quarterback in the game. Well, who you like, Chris? I agree a hundred and ten percent with everything you just said. Um, like I was talking about the the AFC West earlier, it was it, it was a toss up. You didn't know you got. You know, Alex Smith, who was traded to Washington, um, Kansas City's always been, you know, at least for the last eight to ten years, a defensive-oriented team. Um, you know, back when you had Tom Bahali and, you know, Justin Houston coming off the edges. Uh, he has pretty good linebackers, uh, Derek Johnson, uh, Eric Berry in the second. So, you always thought defense first when it came to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, insert Patrick Mahomes, who even when he was drafted was kind of a head-scratcher you know, he had the physical tools, but it's like, why did, why did Kansas City trade up to get this kid when they got Alex Smith? They got a pretty good thing going on. Why would they do that? And, you know, no one can say, hey, I, I knew he was going to be a star. But, you know, I believe John Dorsey was still running the show at this at this point in time for Kansas City, and he's a pretty good GM now with the Cleveland Browns. Um, but for him, for them to go out on the limb and get him, um, and watch it all unfold this year, is it's incredible. Like you said, for him to have what, five more completions than Drew Brees and have 900 more yards, he's doing so much for that team, for that – that defense is not spectacular. There's nothing sexy about that defense. Um, so, for him to go out every game and, you know, you get in shootouts with, you know, the Los Angeles Rams and you you, you putting up 50 because you know they're going to put up 50. If I got the confidence in my quarterback, no, no matter what happens to the score of this game, I know we're going to have a chance because of him. Um I think that 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 would gives him that MVP for this season. Yeah, no controversy. I mean, this guy's gonna probably get five thousand yards, fifty touchdowns, and be the number one seed in the AFC. How can you not be the MVP? It's easily Patrick Mahomes. Oh right, well, hey, uh, so uh, do y'all think Breeze is number two, and who would y'all who would y'all third be if if Breeze is number two? Andrew Luck number two, Rivers number okay. three. Uh, Breeze number two, Philip Rivers number three. Oh uh, yeah, I, I got Breeze and Rivers too. Um, all right, so let's go into the non-quarterback MVP because you know the MVP basically is a quarterback award. So non-quarterback MVP of the season, and I'm going with who I think the best player in football, and that's Aaron Donald, who is three sacks away from the all-time uh, record that Michael Strahan set way back when. Uh, Aaron Donald is a monster among men. He's du- he's a D tackle, so he's double teamed constantly. And yet he's three sacks away from the all-time sack leader in the season. So I'm, my choice of a non-MVP would be uh, non-quarterback MVP would be Aaron Donald. Yeah, I can agree with Donald, but um, I like Christian McCaffrey, man. I mean, this season doesn't look impressive anymore because you know Cam got hurt or he's tanking one. But either way, I thought you know Donald won probably Christian McCaffrey close second. Uh, I'm gonna go out and I, you know I love that Christian McCaffrey pick. Shout out to my Carolina Panthers, but. I'm and I like the Eric Don, Aaron Donald, so I'm not going to piggyback on that. Everything you said is 100% accurate. 
I, be, I but I'm gonna go with, and this hurts my soul, but I'm gonna have to go with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, <laughs> I think I was, you know, I would have to say with the turning of their season, how everything went for Dallas. Um, I think Ezekiel Elliott, you know, if it was first down at the first down, if it was keeping drives alive, it was breaking, you know, turning turning a negative running play into a five yard gain. Um, I, I just want to say he muscled that Dallas Cowboys team from, you know, and that defense started to come along too, but there were games where, you know, he'd have 180 yards from scrimmage, you know, now he's leading the league in rushing, you know, if, if Todd Gurley continued on the pace that he was going on for, you know, he got a little banged up, this wouldn't be, this wouldn't even be a conversation, but for Ezekiel Elliott to kind of take the Dallas Cowboys season into his hands, you know, I have my issues with Dak Prescott, but we'll talk about that on another episode. Um, <laughs> but for you know, for them to just pike and hand that ball off to, to Elliot or throw it to him on the screen, or for, you know him picking up blocks for Dak to, you know, having a couple extra time, I think he he has you know a complete package to you know be the best one of the best running backs in the game. So I, I I'll go with Elliot. Yeah, I I love the McCaffrey one because you know he he puts the team on his back uh, most weeks, especially for my fantasy football team. I appreciate him on that one and Zeke, man. I mean, what really took it to me by surprise was him becoming that dual threat running back because that was his that was his like issue not that was issue but that was what everybody was talking about like it wasn't his strong yeah, point. Yeah, Todd Gurley, you know, Todd Gurley catch the ball, run. McCaffrey do the same thing. David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. But what about Zeke? Can Zeke be the, can Zeke be that guy? Because I, I know a lot of people. If you say who the top running back in the league. A lot of people don't mention Zeke because he doesn't have that factor. Right. But now he he has seventy seven catches this season. So now mm-hmm. we're talking about we're talking about a, a guy who just who can run and catch just as good as any of the other guys. So now yeah he put, he put the team on his back because I mean before that before they got Cooper it was it was Zeke or Bust. Yes, absolutely. What do y'all put Khalil Mack on that list? Oh, he's up there. Uh, if he's talking about like just at least on the defensive side, he'd be right behind uh, Donald, in my opinion, on that one. Um, I mean, he came he came over there and, and changed that culture very very quickly to a to a team that was already good on defense. He just made them great. Yeah, and I, what I'll say about Aaron Donald and um, Khalil Mack, both, you know, in terms of them, you know, holding out and getting their money, it just goes to show that they they definitely. Didn't it wasn't a slack off? They didn't hold up. Nothing, nothing, nothing was slacking when they came back and they, you know, of course they bought their money. They tell you, yeah, you pay me, I'm gonna play. So, shout out to them for for backing up, you know, what what they were going through. All right. I was gonna say one more honorable mention should be AP man because the Redskins were doing pretty good. So <laughs> they started falling off. <laughs> AP by himself. Hey, that you know that's that's very sad, man. Redskins, Redskins got uh what third string guards playing right now that's ridiculous yeah they calling me to play guard so hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right moving to our last one right here to awards let's go and switch to the nba uh real quick with the mvp i wrote down four guys who i think up, up there uh that's but right, but right now i think i'm gonna go with um with Giannis, the greek freak and the reason why i'm doing this Yes, we can get LeBron James the award every year because he really is the most valuable. You see what how Cleveland went from an NBA Finals team four years in a row to the worst team in uh, basketball. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on Giannis on this fact alone. I've been saying this for a while that you know he's an up and coming superstar, and until he got that impactfulness where his stats are leading to wins, 
uh, like LeBron James, um, like a guy like Anthony Davis, or like Kevin Durant, because stats lead to uh, winning. And now you see the Bucks are at, at, at the top of the East with the Raptors, and he got team on the back. He averaged 26 and a half points, 13 rebounds, and six assists with a steal and almost two blocks. And he's he's a monster. You see, and he's the only the, what, the best star that doesn't have a three point shot, and he dunks on everybody like he like he don't need one. So I'm going with Giannis as my Mid-season MVP. Uh, I'm going to go with LeBron James. We see what the Lakers were last year at Dalton, and right now they're near the top of the the top half of the West with him. So I'm going with LeBron James with uh, James Harden close second. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to piggyback off what Kev said. I, you know, there's there's so many guys deserving. Everybody, you know, guy I was playing great basketball this year. Yeah, you know, regulars you're getting us excited about basketball so early. You know, we tuning in to these games um, because people putting on these, these performances that are all MVP worthy, but I'm going to have to say Giannis, um, you know, because even when Kobe, you know, Kobe had the little quotes last year when they were like, he was kind of giving everybody advice when Kobe said, hey, you know, become the MVP. That's what I challenge you to do. Um, and, and when Kobe said that, did I think it was a little far-fetched? I'm like, yeah, you know, Giannis is good, but you know, he's not Durant or he's not LeBron or he's not – and he's not those guys. He's Giannis. And he's he's showing – you know, he's he's taking you – know, he'll give you a spin move and what would be a, a contested layup, he's turning that into a dunk. So, <laughs> he, you know, his dominance just from, you know, small four, power four position, and the fact that you see that he's continuing to tweak his game. He works – you see he works so hard to add little things to his game, his thing. It's things in his game that, you know, you're wishing a, a Ben Simmons would begin, to, you know, to add to his game. Giannis is kind of putting that extra work in or, you know, grinding and, and turning, you know, turning that culture in Milwaukee because, no, no, he's not doing it the, the way that everybody's doing it in the NBA. It's not He's not recruiting, you know, guys that come in from free agency and they're not – no one wants to really go play, play in Milwaukee. So, <laughs> you guys – Yeah, I'm not going to Milwaukee. <laughs> no, like no one really wants to go play in Milwaukee at this point. And, it, and you can see that, okay, you don't want to come play with us? I'm going to make a Chris Middleton a better player. I'm going to resurrect Eric Bledsoe's career. We'll, we'll take Brooke Lopez. Bring him, bring him to the squad. We'll, we'll, we'll get something to go with him. So, you see that they're – what he's doing, he's taking the cards that he's been dealt, and you know, nobody. I mean, I think at their best, I don't think you really want to play him. You see that, yeah, yeah. Giannis doesn't really shoot the three well, um, but you see, Milwaukee went from a bottom of the league three point shooting team to arguably one of the best three point shooting teams in the league at this point. You know, Budenholzer system, what they got going on, and just the dominance. Is, you know, we ain't got to shoot threes. We'll give it to Giannis, and we'll let him dunk on you. So. They got a good balance going on there, and it's all it all starts with um, Giannis. I would say, yeah, and it's it's very interesting though because like you got guys like James Harden and what he's doing right now, resurging that Rockets team who was at the bottom of the West for so long. He's out here without Chris Paul, taking putting the team on his back and winning games that you know early in the season they wouldn't have won. And like guys like Anthony Davis, what he's doing in New Orleans, if he but see his team, his team not really. His team not really winning right now. Um, one because he just need he need more help uh, or something something needs to change. I don't know what it is, but Dave, Davis is having a great season. Of course, LeBron James. I, you know, you know, I'm a Lakers fan, and I'm I was so glad we got LeBron James because uh, I was tired of missing the playoffs. I still watch basketball, of course, but you know, I want to kind of like turn it off a little bit because man, I don't want to see this. And the Lakers not playing, but LeBron James is 
doing this, and he's playing less minutes than he hasn't played in, in so long. So he, he's going to be a fresh body come playoff time, too. And that's scary. That's yeah. scary. Yeah, if, Le- if LeBron plays 75 games and keeps his stats up and they get a 4 or 5 C or better in the West, I don't see how he's not the MVP. I mean, for Giannis, I have him third on the list, but I think his success is more due to Coach Bud coming over versus just his overall talent because he's the same player he was last year, just he got a new coach. So I still have LeBron first, hard second, and Giannis third with uh, Paul George at number four for the, for the top yeah, four. Paul, Paul George is definitely the dark horse in the, in the MVP race. I just I think that, you know, most valuable if every year could be LeBron James. I think that the way that the MVP goes, I think it it's part hype. It, it's part how much your name is being said on TV and you know, on radio. And I just think that Giannis, you know, just his game alone is so unique. He has a, a mix of, you know, he can Anthony Davis you or he can, you know, mid-range Kevin Durant you. It, 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 it's such a unique game. and he it, It's a – he's a person that, that people want to talk about at this point. So, I just think with the hype that's going into Giannis right now, I think that there, he keeps up his play, you know, averaging 27 and, you know, 13. I think that there's no way that you can't give him the MVP. And, and you see in the past the guys like – when Russ Russ won with the triple double the first year is because nobody ever seen this triple double before. Nobody ever seen you no know, since Big O did it way back when, and you know, and of course OKC was a, was a was a high seed, and then you see Houston Rockets when James Harden won, they you know was a top you no know, a, a high seed, and I think if Giannis can can get Milwaukee, like come on, like it's, it's Milwaukee, like we, we we think at the end of the day, he he bring a, a very small market team, and he if he get him to a two seed. I mean, yes, LeBron James deserves it. That, that's that's a question he deserves every year. But if he, if he gets the Bucks to a two seed, it, it's gonna it's gonna be hard to try to keep it away from him just because it's Milwaukee. He he's doing great numbers, and of course, I mean he he's finally winning. So if they're the four seed or the five seed, what do you rank them then? If, if he if, if he's still the MVP at four or five seed, if they if they if they fall off to be four or five, then uh, he probably he he probably won't get it just because right because he's not he's he's not you know having this magical season no more you know because his team not winning with it. Yeah, I, I think there will be a four or five seed because I don't see Toronto slipping from one at all. And just a side note, I did did I did. Kawhi Leonard from MVP because he sits out games and they still win without him. So Kawhi Leonard, my favorite player in the league, but he just qualified for winning MVP because the team wins without him. Um, but I think the Bucs might get the third or the fifth seed because the 76ers, they will get better. MB, Simmons, and Butler, they'll get more comfortable. So I think the Sixers will emerge some more. The Pacers, they're a regular season team, so they'll probably still stay in that three to five range. And if the Celtics don't make a trade, which I think they probably should at this point, they should probably make a trade, but just getting Tatum more involved, they can easily emerge and be the second, third seed too. So I think the Bucks will fall down to about four or five. But see, it's like when you, when you have Giannis and you think about who the best players in the league are in the East wise, you know, outside of Kawhi, he's the best player in the East. And I don't I don't I don't see him him taking a step back. Of course injuries um make make up, but when you have a guy like Chris Middleton on your side and and you have, you have a coach now like Bud. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, Bud took that Hawks team to a one seed like it wasn't nothing. Oh, yeah, you know? 60 games. And, and he, he now he got a superstar with that. You know, that's that's a that's a scary sight. And I, yes, that I do agree about Boston. I said uh, before the season started, I was like, it's honestly the only way Boston wins a championship if somebody get hurt again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
They got to trade Kyrie. Trade somebody. I, I don't know who. I don't know about Kyrie, but I think you keep Kyrie. Who. You got to package somebody. You got to, you, you know, Rose. And this is probably a topic for another for another podcast. But I think ultimately, I think you got to package Rozier with his value as high as it is right now because it won't. His value won't get any higher than, than it is right now. Um, you package him with a, you know, Jalen Brown possibly. Um, you know, I would hate to see him go. I like to see him and um, him and Tatum play together, but I just think that I, sometimes they look out of sync. You you package them and go get you get you another, you know, piece like Anthony Davis, and I think that they need that's... a yeah they need a big man. I don't, I don't know what big. I mean, obviously Davis is the one everybody talking about, but is, is there is there any other big man on the market? To, because they need a big man desperately. Because that's that's honestly the reason why they 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 not win because you see DeAndre Jordan go in there get fifteen to twenty five last night Capella got twenty four and eighteen any 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 big man center destroys them so right. I don't know I don't know what big man's on the market that they can go get right now but they need to go do it because yeah. Al Horford is Al Horford's done yeah I you know I, Al Horford's more of a leader right now I think you know they try to address it and draft by going to get uh, Williams kid from A and M. But I just don't think that was enough. Um, they got to go get somebody that can, that can, man. They got too many guards, and I know they want to prove that the positionless basketball is it can work. But I just I think they're trying to go about it with an, a bit of arrogance, and um, I just I I think it's it's time to switch it up. They got they got they got to trade Kyrie, man. Like because he's not a true point guard, he doesn't equal wins. They got to trade Kyrie because you can't trade Brown or Tatum. The upside is too high. And that and trading those guys won't get you a, a AD type player, so you got to trade. You got to trade Kyrie and probably try to dump Horford on somebody. Oh yeah. So so, so are you saying Kyrie for Kyrie and something for AD? Yeah, because I mean New Orleans are gonna want a superstar back, and I mean who else do they have besides Kyrie? So at least Kyrie a draft pick and maybe you might have to throw in Brown, but you got to definitely keep Smart, Rozier, and Tatum. And you get AD back, you, you, you should be fine. Yeah, I, I think it's a couple of different packages that will work. We'd we be sitting here for an hour talking about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> appreciate y'all guys joining me today, man. Uh, Chris, appreciate it. First time on. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, have, hopefully it's not we'll, my last, man. I appreciate we'll, y'all we'll insight. Have, uh, we'll have you back on. We'll have you back on. Preach, care, preach. Uh, peace out. Yep. yep. This year has us all wanting to be healthier, and that includes our eye health. But how do you get vision coverage if you're retiring? It's actually pretty easy. VSP, the vision coverage many people get through work, offers individual vision plans. Enroll anytime, on any device, and start using your benefits the same day. You don't need to be an employee to get employee-level vision coverage. Visit vspdirect.com today. That's vspdirect.com. Home is where you should feel the safest, but the air there can be more dangerous, up to five times more polluted than outside air. Let us help you take the steps towards making it a healthier home with our Bryant Indoor Air Quality Solutions. We can help with everything from whole home air purifiers to indoor humidity control. To schedule an evaluation of your home's air, visit bryant.com to find a local dealer. Bryant, whatever it takes.